Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest wherein a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. <laughs> Food for Thought, come stuff our stockings. <laughs> but, that one's, no. Is that one too easy? But actually. No, it's perfect. No, but I, actually. I feel like it's true. Perfect. At me. <laughs> I'm Fran. You can. Uh, I'm Fran. I'm a writer. I'm an editor. And uh, in the words of Oprah, I am fashion, not fash off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer. My sexuality is fucking chorus boys, Ew, and my gender true. is tweeting about how much I fucking hate chorus boys. Well, good for you, John. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! You guys. Save me, please. I am Dennis Norris II. I'm a reader, a writer, a former figure skater, and I am always looking for a nice, firm holiday Yule time log. Oh. oh. <laughs> Love it. Well, hi, guys. I'm special guest Matt Rogers. I'm a comedian. My biggest influence in comedy is Eva Longoria, and I'm replacing yes. Joe. That's I'm so true. excited to finally announce that I'm answering the call of all of you guys. I've been mentioned on many episodes as Joe's replacement. I can confirm I am doing that. That's true. Goodbye, Joe. Bye, so Joe. Joe will Bye. leave for the duration of this episode. Um, Goodbye. No, just kidding. Matt is filling in for tubes this week. Thank you, Matt, for coming. You are a podcast extraordinary a professional love all of, you. of Las Culturistas. If you don't listen to it, you should listen to it. What do we have on the menu this week, Denise? <laughs> Y'all, on this week's menu, we offer a delectable holiday serving of top secrets. Mm. Our hoe of honor, Matt Rogers, shares a hot, hot, hot impure thought. Mm. Wow. We explore the camp we've always wanted. And for dessert, we wish you a very happy Holidays. Oh. Hoe <laughs> it up! <laughs> Take it away. I'm feeling a little peckish, so let's start the top of this show the way any good top should. A little tease, a little something to wet your palants. And today, we have the amuse-bouche. And uh, we're going to amuse your bouches with a little game called Top Secrets. I know, right? In this game, so uh, I will list some things in pairs. And we will decide which is the top and which is the bottom. Because there has to be one and one. Yeah, right. yeah. We, you know, we, we believe in thought. binaries. Just believe in binaries. We're we believe that like, your sexual positions like absolutely confirm and reiterate your identity as a Define human. And they don't, they yeah. don't change. They never change. You were born that way. No, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this... We're feeling festive today, so this is a holiday edition of Top Secret. Um, deck the halls. Deck the halls, indeed. Jingle balls, as, <laughs> no. as Thomas nope. says. Um, no. So, uh, let's, start, let's start easy, okay? <laughs> Frosty the Snowman or the Grinch? Ooh. Oh. Oh. Frosty is taking it. Really? <sighs> He's just, you could put a hole anywhere you want to. <laughs> He's snow. No. You're right about that. Yeah, I and then it would become assumed. like a cum 
fro- like a cum icicle, a cum frosty, like a cum snow cone, <laughs> which I, is all what? I ever want. It's I'm a cum snow cone. Grossed out by that. I have to. I have to say my take on the Grinch. Okay, yeah, which is that. Like Nicki Minaj, <laughs> yes, man. In the in the bedroom, and like Fran, sorry. Oh my God, we talked oh, about we it talked about this off air. But they like when someone comes into the bedroom when you run shit all day, and okay. you know he runs Mount Crumpet. He runs Mount. He Crumpet. is up on Mount Crumpet doing the stump it. He is he is <laughs> running shit. He's telling who what to do where that dog uh-huh. you know is his bitch. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. so basically, I think that the Grinch is a bottom because I think when someone else comes in, he needs someone to take charge because he can't be on in like an administrative and Mm. sexual Mm. way. So it's the carrot nose then that does the fucking. Oh my God. <laughs> but you know, we don't have to think about how the fucking actually gets I done. Think Joe, Joe does. Joe, maybe Joe does. But I, I am more inclined to agree with Matt, but this is my thing. I feel like how the Grinch stole Christmas is actually how the Grinch became a bottom. Yeah. And his transformation wow. is that he's been angry topping all his life. Yeah. And when finally um, someone, I guess in this case, Frosty, gives it to him, dicks him down real good. And the Grinch's butt grew three sizes that day. <laughs> exactly. Honestly. Exactly. That heart, wow. that heart is actually just the prostate. We love a it's metaphor. The prostate. We love I a think, metaphor. honestly, maybe that's why the Grinch is so upset. He's so sexually misunderstood. I think oh, people, yeah. people read him true. as a top, and it's just not true. Just well, like me. Yeah. Everyone reads me. <laughs> Incorrectly, and yeah, I just have so much in common with the Grinch's story and Nicki Minaj <laughs> and Nicki Minaj. Found out. Um, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer or the Little Drummer Boy? Oh no, oh, the Little Drummer Teen who is God. eighteen and up. Is, is this a trap? <laughs> <laughs> to catch a predator. Um, well, let's say the, the huh. Little Drummer Boy in his older age. Of eighteen, of yeah. eighteen years old, and Rudolph or, the Red Nosed yes. Reindeer, and Rudolph the Red. I love that reindeer. these are duos. <laughs> Just don't appear in the same canon. No, 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 not at all. Um, <laughs> well, I think Rudolph is, um, you know, his narrative is, of course, that queer. he leads the pack and he is queer. Yeah. And so I actually think that he probably is very versed because I think that oh. I think that he knows what it's like to be kind of in the back of the pack yeah. and in the front of the pack. I you know, know what I mean. If you know what I mean. I agree. Yeah, Rudolph is versed in that sense and I also think that, uh, the, you know, the story of Rudolph's queer trauma and, you know, the oppression that he was, you know, subject Absolutely. to all of his life really makes for some some great versatility in the bedroom for sure. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. And then Drummer Boy also, same. <laughs> yeah, well, well, mm, the maybe... Drummer Boy has a, bi- the Drummer Man <laughs> the drummer man. has a big stick. So I feel like oh my god he feels obligated to talk. <laughs> you see more any, often. Wow, <laughs> just, any narrative you will find a big stick somewhere. Wait, do you know oh, what I yes. just realized? Yes, there is a really good opportunity if you bottom for Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer because that nose lights up. Correct. 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 And correct. so you probably gets warm. So oh, if he were to stick oh. his little nose in your butthole. Oh. It would feel very good. Oh, the singing, oh singing has commenced. It's commenced. I'm, I'm oh so ready. No, I I'm actually so think the ready. nose lights up when he comes. So if he's topping, <laughs> you can tell that he's like come this. inside of so you Joe because is, it's like blink, blink. Joe blink, is blink. not much for sexual warming, but I'm really into that. Oh, yeah. yeah. You don't I, like I love a warming. I had a bad experience with bad warming lube that was yeah, used you in my did. butthole. Warming lube should not be used in the butthole. But I think hmm, I like nice. warming lube. I love a warming sensation. Yeah. Not okay. We, moving yeah. on. Yeah. Moving on, friend. Thoughts, yeah. on, thoughts on warming lube? I'm into it. Yeah, Great. there she yeah. goes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. 
Santa or Mrs. Claus? Oh. Oh. I have, Mrs. Claus yeah. is the like, what? Is the it, top. Sorry, the top. Mrs. Is Claus top. is the top. Yeah, absolutely. Quiet top. Yeah. I don't think they fuck. You'd, oh Asexual. my God, you're so right. That's I don't true. think they fuck. It's I think years. that it's a marriage of convenience. Yeah. And I think it's it's just been so long now. I think that she actually has somebody else at the North Pole that takes care of it for that her. That's such a and maybe that's he's, maybe so true. And maybe they he's don't gay have sex like anymore. Dumbledore. I think he is. Yeah. Oh, wow. He obviously wants a lot of attention. You know, mm. he goes all over the world. He works very hard. He, he, tra- very he does hard. travel a lot. Okay. He's friends with all men. She's the only woman there. <laughs> that brings up a he great topic. that environment. <laughs> Our next pairing is Santa or his elves. <laughs> Which is, I mean, because if, if the marriage isn't working, okay. that's the alternative. Can I tell you a thing about myself? Probably. When, when oh, I go yeah. on when I go on first dates, of which I go on many, um, I <laughs> love being fisted, but I hate giant fists. So wait, on, wait, wait. You on like being first fisted date? on your first date? Is Not on the first date. Okay, no, no, that's no, no, what no, you no, insinuate. No, 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 no. But I'm looking at the size of the person's fist no, just like, to gauge if it's oh, possible. I can't elves, understand this. I can't either. have very I, small no. Fists. So no. I feel like the elves are fisting tops and Santa is a fisting bottom. And I feel like he can do that thing probably where he takes more than one <laughs> fist at a time. How? And yes, in studio, because I'm Because the, the fists motion. are so small. Exactly. Okay, that makes sense. And then maybe they, they open their hands. But what if like two elf fists are about the girth of an of a very large penis? Right, so get a third one in there. You no. have <laughs> infinite elves, Fran. And there are I think Santa, Santa, Santa I think we is are, very experienced. Yeah, I think we're overthinking this one. I think Santa fucks the elves. Oh, no. <laughs> I really Joe's do. thought about this too much, and I, Matt has thought about this the exact amount of time. I think I, I think that the elves, honestly, are they're not mentally or emotionally free, and yeah. they don't understand that they could go literally anywhere else in the world, and it would yeah. be a a lot warmer, and b they could be more sexually. They, they could be in Miami. True. They could go to Miami. They could go to Miami. <laughs> Bienvenido a Miami. Okay. Oh my. God. Um. So welcome ta- to Miami for everyone that didn't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In case you needed a, a translator for my perfect <laughs> Spanish. Okay, so how about the ghost of Christmas past or the ghost of Christmas future? <laughs> I think the um, ghost of Christmas future is what's fucking us right now. Yeah, seriously, uh, that's true. Oh my god! But the god. ghost of Christmas past also will not go away. <laughs> will just not. haunting us. Truly, I think the ghost of Christmas past is that like bottom we all had once that was like, oh man, that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, now it's like now it's done and we're like it's never gonna come back you and want it neither cannot my be, youth yeah you cannot be replicated <laughs> it's just butthole elasticity just goes away yeah. we're not as young as the we ghost of Christmas future is a scary top <laughs> yes <laughs> No, like, it's, he has a colostomy bag. He literally has no butt anymore. <laughs> oh like you, you have your, your you have your safe words. You have your boundaries, and every single time the Ghost of Christmas Future just like really pushes that <laughs> just like just that limit you that you have. Bit. Just a little bit. Just to I, fuck with just you. To fuck with you. Oh yeah. And you're like, am I into it? I don't think I am. And the Ghost no. of Christmas Future is you He's will be. You. Yeah. yeah, you will be into yeah. it. Um, Christmas ham or roast beast. What, roast roast beast? beast? Yeah, like from the end of the, the Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Oh the God. roast beast. They all have the, the they carved the roast beast. Oh. Mm. I'm I gonna... would... Ham feels more um, uh, feminine to me. Yeah. yeah. Voluptuous. But doesn't ham have that hole down the middle? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> so I, the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. True. I, I, I just... I'm into associating anything... 
like the word beast. Yeah, I associate yeah. that with topping, mm, with aggression. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, maybe I mean could be I mean could Ham could beast, be a, Ham could yeah. be a femme top. I love the Christmas beast top. could be a power bottom. <laughs> ham <laughs> also has a bone sticking out of its that back. That is true. That yeah, is the true. Christmas That's ham. True. Hi, How's this that is Joe. Bone? Femme tops slide into my DMs, please. All of you, <laughs> all the Christmas hams just DM'd you. DM'd the hell out of you. I just want to say I know that the thoughts often discuss like getting receiving like snazzy like sexy DMs and I'd love to throw my hat into the ring oh my god wait are you not the recipient of any today I got my very first unprovoked sexy DM oh my god I know I know how how long have you been making a gay podcast you guys don't ask like two years but we don't ask for it right you don't like we but at the very beginning we were like we we want them to the listeners of Las Culturistas because I know you're here yeah how dare you how dare you you should have hit on Matt ages ago that has been so good to you Matt has part of the contract has Bowen received dick pics I don't know you'll have to ask her oh my god Matt has such a great mustache right now Matt is exuding sexual energy at all times I'm just yeah. saying y'all should be sliding into these DMs and to the listeners of Food for Thought you send some non-consensual <laughs> yeah. nudes to Matt right now <laughs> please and I would Matt love Rogers, that. though because listen uh, and, dude, one of the big reasons one of the big reasons why one I even big... have this mustache is so that some like NYU sophomore sits on my face and I say sophomore because I don't want to say freshman that sounds young <laughs> that sounds young <laughs> Listen, as long as they are over the age of consent. No, not for me. I would get fired for sleeping with them. I okay. teach them. Well, that's but, true. I mean, Bye, but everybody. you could, you know, you could fuck someone at New Pulp. Has that? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That is cool. What about Pratt? What about Pratt? Hashtag what about Pratt? What about Pratt? Not not like right down to the street to the new school. <laughs> new Pulse. <laughs> Fran sending you all the way to New Pulse. Hashtag new, new school ass. <laughs> new school ass. <laughs> I really am disappointed though. We for this, let this be a record. And our I will say our fans are very highly engaged. They Please are. slide into Matt's DMs with the sexiest the, the sexiest of messages. But do I like not scare him. Love that. Scare the but fuck do not out of him. send Matt more sexy messages than you send us. Well, no, here's the thing is that I have a few regulars that, that, <laughs> I mean, that send me a lot of, of nice nudes. And if you DM Matt, I will see that as a betrayal, as an <laughs> oh actual God, emotional Fran. betrayal. I won't, tell, rest of I won't tell Fran. I won't tell Daddy <laughs> Fran. How dare you? I'm like your Uncle Matt. I'm not going to tell oh, your dad. You I'm not going to tell your Uncle dad. Mustache. It can you stay know. between us. You know the uh, Uncle Matt who you send nudes all the time. <laughs> Uncle Matt. <laughs> Um, oh my god! Anyways, <laughs> we have. Lastly, uh, we have one more to round out our our game of top secret. Matt Rogers or Bowen Yang? <laughs> we know the real answer. You know no, 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 but, but, but we don't. But emotionally, but, we, but, but emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, I think it's the same. I, <laughs> I don't know. Is it? You think? Yeah. I don't. I'm know. gonna sit this one out. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let you guys guess. See, if I were to guess without the context, yeah. I think I would have said Bowen is. The sneaky top. I, I totally agree. I would have said like the one that agree. would surprise yeah. you in his, and in his again, toppiness. And again, because I feel like we're going to talk about this later in the show. But Yeah, like, after the Matt, story I tell you, you're not going to think that. Matt, <laughs> I feel like Matt exudes a different type of camp. I feel like you exude like a bottomy camp to me. That oh. again, makes me just feel like you, when I look at you, I'm like, that's a, that's a person who loves getting plowed. But Joe, are you, are you conflating yeah. femininity with bottoming? I don't know. I don't know, that, I don't know that it's, yeah. Femininity it's camp. and camp are not the same thing. That's true. But that's also true. Ca- equating camp and bottoming is not necessarily true. fair either. So it's true. like all these yeah, problematic true. things. I'm so sorry, wow. everybody. Dennis, Anyways, what do you think? if you want to find out if Matt Rogers is well, a top or bottom, stay, stay tuned, tuned for our next no. segment. <laughs> Send him a dick pic. 
our second course, we have an impure thought from the incomparable Matt Rogers. <laughs> true. Wow. wow. That was a very nice Wait. vibrato a la Matt Rogers. Rogers. That was Listen. much better because it was Matt Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It was literally those letters made it. I just had to honor him with some vocals. Thank some you vocals. for now, that. Now, for those of you who don't know, although by now you should, <sighs> our impure thought segment is when our ho- of honor shows <laughs> a delectable, Rogers. delicious, sweet and savory, at times crunchy, crunchy, sexy no, no, hookup it. story, <laughs> or in some cases, an anecdote starring two thoughts that is a horrible romantic fail and borderline platonic. Wow. That's true. We all <laughs> those are all those. just mine. Mine are just like, them. and uh, oh, we never saw each other again. <laughs> and the best part of the true. sex was leaving. The best part of the sex was that we didn't have sex. But sometimes it is. Well, sometimes it is. I have to say, Matthew. my most epic sex story is one I was told I couldn't tell. That's true. Now, that's because I went into, we had Jabuki Young White on our um, podcast and I got, got into the story, which was when I was in Chicago. It was not a story. It was an epic. It was an epic. And th- this is probably my most insane sex story, but Anyway, you can go check that that one out on, on, on my podcast. It is a great story. But I do have another one. Okay, so. You've had sex more than once. Oh, more than once, hon. I cannot. Um, I do not relate. But anyway. But less than three times. <laughs> he says as he man spreads in the studio. No. I now. I'm, I'm getting into I a good. I feel like I know. I know where this is going. All right. So this occurred. I'm going to guess it was like two years ago. It was over the summer. My boyfriend and I had decided to be open, and um, <laughs> that led to a lot of like, str- uh, you know, you decide to be open, and then you think, "Wow, we're really communicating," so and then up. it opens all these other doors, which are mm-hmm. just like, you know, the sort of jealousy happens, and mm-hmm. the why are we open, and why has it become to this? So it just was a very thick part of our relationship, and mm-hmm. so I remember we were at this event like it was it was the Dell Close Marathon it was like improv mm-hmm. it was like at UCB every year over the summer they have like a big party and invite all the improvisers in so, the country so to come do this thing our, our audience isn't a stand up comedy right. audience so, what's UCB uh, what is what UCB is called the Upright Citizens Brigade it's okay. an improv theater it's very famous it's 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 basically like um Every year, there's this thing called the Del Close Marathon, and Del Close was this improviser who created this like thing called the Herald, which is a form of improv. Blah blah blah. This is not important, but every year they have like a big festival to honor him and the art form, and it's mm-hmm. very niche, and lots of people from all over come. So there was like a big party to celebrate this event. Love it. And I got my boyfriend in to this party. And then he wanted to go home and I wanted to stay out. And this is after we had just said we were going to be open. Oh. And so there was this moment where it was like, are you going to hook up with someone? Oh. And I was like, I don't know. He explicitly you asked oh. that or he asked no, it like well, non Well, then, he, then the reason I knew he was asking is because he said, don't hook up with someone. Tom. Oh, very explicit. And I, and I said, well, then why are we even doing this? And he was like, fine, do whatever you want. And then he left. Someone helped. So, that so is not it an was, open and, and you know what? It was really, it was not for us. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so at the time, it wasn't working out, and it didn't end up working out. I love but, him to death. But you didn't realize that that at the time. But I didn't know that at the time. So then I'm at this party, and there's a couple like hot gays that are there oh, that I was ooh. I had my eyes on. Ooh. But mm. they still like, sort of like left or like were with different social groups or whatever. So I get a text from my boyfriend at the time that says I think I'm gonna have someone over tonight mm. and I was oh. I, I was supposed to go home in like three hours oh. so then or like two hours or whenever I wanted to it was my house Yeah, yeah. so I said to myself you know what this is so messed up he thinks he can tell me what to do and then he's just gonna go home and then do the same thing. He was doing yeah. it reactively. He was doing it. Different. He was doing it reactively. Yeah, and this, and this course. is again, it was a long time ago. It was a different phase of our relationship. 
which, you know, we all go through shit. So then mm. I, out of being really drunk and high at this party, oh, no. and also being what upset kind of and angry. Sweet. Okay. Um, Just wondering. No, I didn't. Although I think I had done like Molly the night before. Okay, um, so you are you are coming <laughs> off. Still the, coming down. I was just fucked like, up. Like I was fully fucked up. Like uh-huh. it was it was uh, nine different ways of being fucked mm-hmm. up. And so I am like thinking to myself, "Wow, like I'm gonna do exactly what I want tonight because he's mm. doing whatever he wants, and like it's my life, and we've decided that we're doing this and whatever." Now oh. that that this open summer, relationship's gone. Absolutely this wrong. Is so this wrong. Is, if you are trying to do an open relationship, this is not the way. Do it. Do everything the opposite. No, 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 no. This was not the way. This and is it, like honestly, in, when, in any rom com starring Cameron Diaz when she realizes <laughs> something. You know that moment when Cameron Diaz realizes yeah. something. Yeah. This is you in that moment. So the thing about my relationship was it was my very first relationship, and before that relationship, oh. I really hadn't had that much sex. Like all throughout my early twenties, oh, like I don't know what what it was about Same. me because I'm super not repressed in any way. Like yeah. I'm very gay in my personality. Like I know what I like, mm-hmm. my interest in everything, but mm-hmm. sexually. I feel like I was a little bit like late to the party. Like same, I just, same. I am. And so all of a sudden, and the reason why I wanted to open a relationship with my boyfriend was because I loved him and wanted to be with him. I thought I was going to marry him. Mm-hmm. But you also but, wanted to be a hoe. But I wanted to, I wanted to sexually figure myself out. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? That. That's a very diplomatic like, that's a very, way of saying yes. you're a, Right. You I wanted be to be a hoe and I hadn't had my hoe phase. Like, Embrace I, it. I thought I had had my hoe phase. Like I thought in, in college, like, oh, I definitely made out with boys and like, you know, came oh. on, came on boys or yeah, whatever. But like, like I, oh. I, I never, I never got to the point where I was enjoying sex. Like, I mm. never enjoyed mm. bottoming ever. Mm. Not to this day. I have to figure that out still. Mm. Um, <laughs> like, oh, you but, don't have. Well, yeah. no, but I would I mean, like to. I you know what nice. I mean? Mm. I feel so, nice. so, yeah. so, because I, I, I do feel like sexually, I do contain multitudes if I just would allow myself to. Right. Mm. Um. So anyway. Um, prior to that night, I had kind of like that summer, o- summer over the course of that summer, I had really like found Grinder. I had never had it before. Mm-hmm. And I was like really kind of finding this like more toppy version of myself because I had always assumed in my early 20s, like I'm a bottom. Like, because I thought the way you guys, I am this way. Yeah. This is how mm-hmm. bottoms act. Yeah. I'm a bottom. And I would yeah. like get fucked. And the guy who I first had sex with, who was my boss at a clam bar I worked at. Not mm-hmm. a clam oh, my God. Ten so years my hot. senior. Wait, did it happen at the clam bar? He was bar? ten years no. your senior. Oh wow, <laughs> the clam. This is a whole Cons- other story. I could get we into. need more clam jokes. So <laughs> come on, <girl>. people, work <laughs> with this. Duck. He was my work. boss at a clam bar, and he took my virginity by fucking me. And I thought, okay, well maybe I'm now. I'm just set. Did you find a pearl? <laughs> just kidding. Clams, clams don't I'm have pearls. Don't That's have fine. Pearls. Come on, I tried. I'm the only one coming up with <laughs> clam jokes, you guys. Let's just say he shucked me. Um. Yeah, bitch. That's why she's a comedian. <laughs> um, okay, so okay, so um, anyway, so I had always felt I must be a bottom, and then I'm in this relationship, and I was sort of the bottom in the relationship. Um, but I was like, I think there's like something else about me that's like very toppy because I always like love ass. Like I like that's the oh, part. Of, I'm just obsessed and fascinated mm-hmm. with like men's butts. asses. I mean, they're and, like great. I love butts. Rave like, reviews. Just, rave yeah. reviews. And I just, I also think there was a side of my personality <laughs> that I explored that summer over Grinder, which was very toppy. Mm. And so I actually was like hooking up a lot on Grinder. Like when I first downloaded, I had never had it before. So I got it. And I found that in my like sexual interactions in this experience with Grinder, I was 
kind of putting on this like persona almost mm. like I was like I would come into a room and like th- my messages with them would be like I'm gonna fuck you oh. and they'd be like good and oh I would go God. over there and it would be that kind of energy and I actually Ooh. even had a line that I used to use that would like, <gasps> oh my what God. was it what was what it? Is what it? Was it do you want to know what it was yes. yes it was when's the last time someone treated your body the way it deserves to be treated <gasps> oh, oh my, my God. God. and they would come they would they, they loved it Oh they loved God. it. These bottoms I loved it. <laughs> and I think it's I think it's cringy now. Wow. Like I really I wow. think no, it's like at the time, at that age, that is a very But yes, like when when, yes. when you're like legs are like above my and like and shoulders and I'm like eating you out and you hear that. Yeah, like yeah. it does it's something nice. to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. So I thought I Dennis was Dennis is losing it. I Dennis, thought Dennis I was is fully silent. Dennis is like we have to stop recording. <laughs> and fully losing it. <laughs> Dennis is like, can we actually just go hook up in the corner of Dennis the room? Dennis is fully nonverbal. <laughs> cannot even articulate. Right now. <laughs> World's biggest bottom. This message comes from iHeartRadio sponsor, Mercury Insurance. If you're looking to save some money, you should really think about getting a quote from Mercury. Because Californians save an average of $677 with Mercury. It's quick and easy, and in just a few minutes, you might find you could save a lot of money on your auto and home insurance. Plus, Mercury was named one of America's best insurance companies by Insure.com four years in a row. Low rates, big discounts, great insurance. Go to MercuryInsurance.com today to get a quote. It's crazy how much we have to pay for outdated, impersonal health care, and even crazier that we all just accept it. It's time to face facts. Healthcare is backwards. Luckily, there's forward. A new approach to primary care that's surprisingly personal and refreshingly straightforward. Forward never makes you feel like just another patient. Backed by top-rated doctors and the latest tech, Forward gives you access to personalized care whenever you need it. Using in-depth genetic analysis and real-time blood work, Forward's top-rated doctors provide you with in-depth insights to better understand your genetics, mental, and physical health. They then create custom, easy-to-understand plans to help guide you to achieving long-term health. With Forward, you get unlimited in-person visits with your doctor and access to care anytime via the Forward app, all for one flat monthly fee. It's time to stop accepting backwards health care and start moving your health forward. Visit GoForward.com today to learn more. That's GoForward.com. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $350 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Here comes the break is the groundbreaking podcast sparking real conversations about creativity, mental health, friendship, family, hope, and music. Asante Black stars as Ruben in a fictional narrative featuring real interviews with emerging artists. What advice would you give the families and parents about supporting a teenager that wants to pursue the arts? If you see they're dedicated and you see that they really mean it and their grades are good, <laughs> mm. then let them do it, man. Let them do it. Get inside Ruben's head to learn what drives him. See, no one wants to be a Hollywood celebrity anymore. No one my age, anyway. I mean, we want to be internet famous. We want to be influencers motivating our peers to become followers of what's trending on Twitter, TikTok, or Instagram. And find out if Ruben can survive internet fame. No, 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 no. Marco is right. No need to psych myself out. There is no turning back now. Listen to Here Comes the Break, starting May 13th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, <laughs> so, um, like, 
then I I was like kind of like on grinder that night after having all these experience and I'll be now being mad and drunk and high and being like, oh, I'm gonna do something crazy. Yes. So I got on grinder after I left this party and like, um, I realized I was gonna I was was not gonna hook up with anyone there. So I went on my grinder and there was like this guy that chatted me and was like wanted to suck dick right then mm. and he was like mobile he was like on the street so i ended up meeting up with yes. him on the street Ooh. on 26th and 8th oh. girl i've been there that is i, a, I, I have got been there all the way over on 8th that's like kind of i mean he only ever called me sir wow and he had to be 15 years older than me <gasps> and he got on his knees on the street and sucked <gasps> me off to completion oh and, wow. and it was like two in the morning it was to, i was i was like looking over my shoulder to see if anyone was there it, it was a sexual felony <gasps> i could have gotten arrested okay wait wait so i need details on your on your immediate surroundings so were you in an alleyway were you on the street it were you was in a quiet like corner? very close to a like apartment complex okay okay oh, wow. so like a little bit of a <laughs> like like b- behind a bush but next to a parking lot and eighth uh, is like pretty busy if you had gone over yeah. to like ninth or 10th I mean, maybe i could have been a lot smarter about the situation yeah. <laughs> gone one or two blocks over. i could have not done it so <laughs> then i like oh no i mean right. that's I mean, not an option that's Matt. not an option well then i like came in his mouth thought. which he wanted me to do okay yeah, yeah, and yeah. so he was like wow keep call- kept calling me sir and then all of a sudden he stood up and it became more casual he oh. was like oh man this is like really fun like next time you should really use my ass i was like oh yeah for sure <laughs> never saw him again um uh, and again, like I had never done anything like this before, and I've never done anything like this since. Huh. I, so I like, tell that story, and I'm like, I feel like you guys get it. Yeah. Meanwhile, I feel oh, like oh, like yeah. straight people would be scandalized by that. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Actually, no, no, most of the time they would act like, that way. Yeah. And then you watch girls and like just as like getting fucked like on her period in like the back of a bar, and you're like, oh, maybe they do act up. Maybe they do. No, they I don't know what up. the straights are up to. I these don't really days, know. I don't anyway. have a lot of them in my life at this point. So. <laughs> no. Thank you for putting your career that on the line. That was amazing. Honestly, <laughs> f- if I was in any other field, I would have buttoned the fuck up. <laughs> oh, really? Like, maybe, let loose. Oh, so you're, you're saying Matt- that if you were a scientist, you wouldn't go on <laughs> air talking about dick You were a professor. Of Probably any not, Joe. But honestly, Look, are you guys looking for a replacement so for Joe? We literally are. <laughs> Always? Accepting applications Always? at all times. Just time. saying, like, Matt Rogers is available. Always. Let me tell you, Matt Rogers is so much more charming than Joseph. Joseph always talks about <laughs> science. not difficult <laughs> to be more and charming like, than Susan and Sontag, <laughs> never not talking about David Foster Wallace. <laughs> when all we want to talk about is getting our dick sucks in an dick dick sucked dick in an alleyway. Suck. Our dicks I plural. Get you a man who could do both. <laughs> Thank you, Joe, for breaking my microphone. I broke Dennis's microphone. We gotta go. We gotta go. We have to go. This episode of Food for Thought was brought to you by Everlane. I just got my wide-legged denim pants in the mail, and mm, I wear them every day. Again, I know I like. I say it. I'll say it again. I wear them every day. I will say this is Joe. I do professional drag because I teach the youths, and they have like button-ups that make my body look chic. But like, make me look professional at the same time. I love so professional God drag. Bless professional drag, it's Dennis. Nice. I'm all about cuddling, so I love all of the cashmere clothes at Everlane, which are pretty incredible. But the cashmere V-neck is so soft, and I can think to myself that maybe for a minute I'm going to top someone and put my arm out and have them like crouch into my chest. That's not what happens. But I still love the cashmere tote because it's comfortable and beautiful, and I feel sexy and soft. Everlane wants you to know what you're paying for and why. 
They are radically transparent about every step in the process from the materials they use to the ethical factories they work with. Mm. Because Everlane sells to you directly, their prices are 30 to 50% lower than traditional retailers. Everlane's clothes look better, they cost less, and last longer. True. Everlane's timeless essentials are just what you're looking for. No frills, just quality. And right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com slash T-H-O-T. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com slash T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. Everlane.com slash, mm, what is it? T-H-O-T. Today, for the meat of our conversation, the thought process, we're talking about high camp. Mm-hmm. Camp is something both queer and deeply hard to define. We can't explain it, but we know it when we see it. Our show has danced around camp, both because we are very camp ourselves yes. and because it underlies so many of the queer ass topics we talk about. So <laughs> what is camp? In a pioneering and off-debated 1967 essay, Susan Sontag defines the term. She says, quote, the essence of camp is love of the unnatural, of artifice and exaggeration. Let me give an example. A beautiful sunset. That's natural. Taking that sunset and making its colors even more saturated and airbrushing it 12 feet high on a garage door Mm -hmm. with a desert foreground and wild horses running in front of it. Mm -hmm. That's camp. And yet, that house is also pink. And yes, that was my next door neighbor's house growing up. And these are country-ass white folk who are straight as fuck. And so that house is like why you're gay now. Exactly. That house infected me with gay. It's outre, excessive, in poor taste. It drives... My parents fucking hated that house. Mm -hmm. And it's camp perfection. Sontag's essay is perplexing and it's hard and maybe even wrong. It gets something true, though, I think. She poses many questions that still linger. So to launch off the discussion, my dear, 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 dear thoughts, I want to ask you, did you grow up knowing what camp was? Not knowing what it was, Mm. but like knowing it when you saw it? Did you hate it? And what was your first like 12 year old you? Well, when I was 12, yes, I was I read Susan Sontag's notes on camp. (laughs) And I was like, now I understand. I don't think like anybody really understands what camp is when they're young. You can. But I think you can recognize it. Um, at an earlier age, I think. I think I'm, I had heard of things being campy. Campy. Yeah. But even then, it's like, you don't know what that means. I but, was like, sports camp? Soccer camp? But I'm yeah. trying to think of like the first time that like I recognized it. Like I remember watching, The Wizard of Oz was like one of my favorite movies, and like Judy mm. Garland in that movie, and the way she just kind of like over-emotionally acts everything in that movie is kind of like, I remember having like a cognizance of the fact that she was a little unnatural, especially when she was like, Toto was stolen and she was throwing a temper tantrum. Like, oh my God! <laughs> it was like the world had ended. And that I think I realized was unnatural when I was a kid. But I yeah. actually think like for me, it probably does have its roots in like sketch comedy. Like whereas I'm, and I even count the Muppets in this. Oh, oh for like, sure. I think the Muppets is like high camp. The fact so that perfect. the Muppets are even a thing, yes. that's camp. And yes. I would say, just their sketch situations and like how they would deal with things. Like I think Miss Piggy is like high, high, high camp. camp, an icon. And also that's like wide mainstream accepted. And I think that's why my parents like put it on and they didn't understand they were exposing me to camp. And then in a broader sense, like, you know, for a more, um, 
I guess, easier access point to sketch comedy. Like the things I recommend, or not recommended, the things I responded to on Saturday Night Live uh-huh. were all the camp stuff. Like I loved uh-huh. Mike Myers doing Coffee Talk with Linda oh Richman, my God, like yes. in his drag. Yes, it was yes, him yes. playing a version of his mother-in-law. That's right. And like Barbara Streisand came out and surprised him on one episode. Madonna played a character. And I'm like, I love it's, this sort of like celebrity guest She's the one where she's like, I'm getting woman. a little for Verklemmt. Yeah. 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 It was like this like overblown like older Jewish woman. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. Like so that, and then also like in a weird way, like the shit that would happen on all that. Like, <laughs> oh my god, like, I love but all s- that sketch. Com- yeah, Amanda Show, truly high camp, mm-hmm. and Amanda Bynes back, back. Yeah. Um, which I love. She is high camp, high camp oh, yes. in all ways, mm-hmm. and, and it's just kind of like I guess. The reason why I loved sketch comedy so much and I just kept doing it throughout my life is because I responded to camp. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think yeah. any sort of like overblown ca- characterization of a person, and I think overblown, exaggerated reactions to things. Yeah. Mm, reactionary. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. On that, Matt, do you think, I mean, that is a hallmark of children's shows, though. Yeah. Because yeah. Definitely. little kids fucking. Love that. It Which has to be overload. all children yeah. are gay. <laughs> well, and, and, well, I Let think, it be known. In everyone's heart, I think that we love camp. It's yeah. only until later when society tries to repress you that you decide that you don't like things. Oh, That's my God. So Wait, okay, so what so you're true. saying is we are all born gay and then we, uh, we are deep, socialized yeah, to be we socialized straight. To be straight. <laughs> I think yeah. we're at least Hetero- all born gayer than we admit to later. <laughs> yeah, heterosexuality <laughs> is a fiction. Put that on a t shirt. That's what about? I'm so ready. So, okay. I, sort of similar to Matt, but I think in a very different cultural context, I feel like I grew up surrounded by camp, and I'm going to go over this. I grew up in the black church. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> Ernest Camp. Okay. Between the fashion, the music, the, the drama, the hats of the sh- of the, the shows, the services, did people the ever behavior. Did yeah. people ever faint? Oh, every Sunday. Every Sunday? Every Sunday. People fainted? People fainted. Fainting is like Wait. top three campiest things you can there do. There were... Yep. <laughs> yep. At least. And getting slapped. Yes. There yeah, were church... getting slapped. Number there two. There were women who were members of the church who walked around in like these odd white nurses type outfits, very, very conservative, Love. to deal with the people that would um that would pass out that would faint during the services wow so that was camp i have had i have these two older sisters who are significantly older than me love them one of whom spent 10 years working at the public theater and shakespeare in the park in new york when i was a kid and oh, the other one oh. who was a singer on motown records so i was around a lot of show business and, and coming here <laughs> all the time uh-huh. so and i was a figure skater so i say that <laughs> to say that my entire existence was camp yep. and i didn't know anything different until I think the moment where I began to notice that something was like different about this kind of ex- experience was when I started watching um, this TV show, Popular, that was, um, I oh feel like God. it was Ryan Murphy's first yeah, show, it what was. was on the WB. Really yep. And that show, it was so overblown. It was so exaggerated. Ryan but Murphy? there was a way, <laughs> shocking, but there was a way in which it was aware of what it was doing, I mm-hmm. thought. And I understood that. Mm-hmm. Like, I understood the ways in which it was poking fun at itself. I was mm-hmm. also, I think, in eighth grade at the time. So I was like, developmentally, I was beginning to understand sarcasm in a way that mm-hmm. as a sixth grader, for example, I wouldn't have. So that was when I began to think, oh, this is something that not, the whole world doesn't have access to, mm. but it's a part of my experience. And then I began to see it all around me. And then I thought, but I'm just in Ohio. So, yeah. like, I don't know what that means, but I feel like none of this is supposed to be here. I'm, I'm curious. Okay. So the funny thing is, like, we there's 
we always talk about like when we see ourselves in things. So like when you recognize things and we're talking about our like are the first times we ever recognized camp in some way. But can you can we see ourselves reflected in camp? Like, is that a possibility or is like camp that it's inaccessible, that it's unnatural? I don't know. Did you ever see yourself Matt. in camp? Matt? Well, to be honest with you, no. Oh. And I don't think that's not because the people there didn't have the same sensibilities as me, but I just don't think I ever saw people like us represented in fun media. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like even like a uh, famous sketch comedy group, British, English, uh, Monty, Monty Python. Monty Python, yeah, yeah. All those guys are straight. Yeah. You know what Why? I mean? Like, it's crazy. It's um, shocking. Kids in the Hall, Scott Thompson was the only gay one. Like, mm. so, and like and SNL, they, did so they didn't have gay people on that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so, and and also there was a lot of drag, but it was a lot of straight men doing drag. And it's and also like, like, it's misogyny. It's like, we don't have women on this show because men dressed as women are funnier right. than At women. At the time, mm-hmm. that is what was, mm-hmm. that was very popular, yes. And yes. I also don't think that's inherently misogynistic. I just think it has to be the right person doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, on SNL now, you don't see any, there's no gay men on the show. And so like, it, like mm. you wouldn't be able to see any responsible drag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but what I'm trying to say is like, I don't think I saw myself in camp because the, like, I don't think they would ever think to do me as like a camp character. Right. Mm-hmm. I think like it was either drag or like something else entirely or like exaggerated uh-huh women yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Friend, but I, you ask about seeing yourself i didn't see gay men anywhere yeah, yeah. i guess I have, sean hayes yeah oh that, my god sean hayes yeah that's sean actually was a good one. First one i have a response to that that actually it, it a moment wherein growing up and young mm-hmm. i saw myself in camp and it scared me oh. uh and mm-hmm. i didn't i didn't like it or i was afraid to be watched and it's the rocky horror picture show oh which is my god so queer Iconic. yeah so mm. earnest. I really do think that it's like deeply earnest. And I want to have a conversation about like Dennis, you mentioned self-aware camp. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that self-aware camp is like less good camp than like yeah. camp that is like trying so hard to be good yeah. and yeah. It like overblows itself. And it's just like, holy shit. Right. The Rocky Horror Picture Show was like, I was I saw it first. It used to play on Comedy Central when they didn't have programming oh, wow. on Comedy I Central. That. I didn't have cable um, growing up. And I, we didn't have cable until I was in probably high school, but I watched it and I was just like, oh fuck, this is this I was is like me. legitimately like this is sexy as fuck. Like it was like pornography mm-hmm. to me, but it was also so earnest and campy and over the top and so like disgusting and mm-hmm. sexy at the same time. Yeah, and like yeah. it made me feel fucking Weird. You felt, you felt gross. I felt. I didn't feel gross. I wouldn't say that. You I would say, say that felt weird. I felt weird. I yeah. felt very weird. conflicted. And when I would be watching it in the basement, when my, when my dad came downstairs, I remember like having the last button on the remote. Oh, <laughs> Do you remember this? God, just your up, finger oh trembling on the last, the last button. button. And it will ch- it real. will switch it back to like mm. the football game that you have, like eating chips and watching the football game. But in I reality, I was eating so chips funny. and I watching Rocky Horror Picture. I, I didn't even pretend to watch sports shows. I would I would switch it back to um what a girl wants, which came on after school. And that was <laughs> that my was straight, your straight. That was my straight mask. That's so oh, funny. Yeah, I'd my be like, God. Oh, no, I'm just watching what a girl wants. Don't mind me. Another thing is coming to my head now that you said that. Like that thing of feeling like, wow, I'm connecting with this and I don't know why. And it's kind of weird. For me, it was Sandra Bernhard's (gasps) album. Um, 
Uh, I'm still here, damn it. Oh. Oh it was like a live God. album that she did, and also yes. all of Margaret Cho's albums. Yeah. Oh my yes. God. I was like, yes. I feel like she's talking just to me, and it's crazy to hear that there's so many people in that audience. Yeah. Because it's like, wow, there are people out there that are uh. responding to this in the same way I am, and I, I felt like there was no one in my life I could be like, do you like Margaret Cho? There was, because I was the only one. It's truly mm-hmm. queer, and it's truly camp. Like, yeah, 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 it really yeah. is. Oh, Their so stand up. Sandra Bernhard just doing an honest to God stand up set and then just switching into a song. I was like, <laughs> for no reason. And it was earnest. Uh, and then also just like a joke of hers just being like a vocal inflection. I was like, this is so uninhibited and cool mm-hmm. in a way that I cannot describe, but is feels very right. And it's camp. So, Switching a, indescribably into song. That doesn't sound like you at all, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Come so, on, feelings. That's so, feelings. That's so interesting. But you can't describe. <laughs> Matt, I'm so curious about that because you are sort of um, describing camp as this virtuosity. These mm. people who are really at the height of their game. Mm. But when I think of so many camp classics and things like Mommy Dearest, it's things that are fucking Bad. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Mm. But bad until they're so bad that they're so good. bad. Right. So that's what Sontag is arguing in her yeah. essay, basically that, that that what you're talking about, this virtuosity, is is a different type of queerness that she wouldn't necessarily label as camp. Mm, and maybe. camp, by definition, to her at least, by definition, sort of has to be so bad that it's good, and has to not be what Dennis was talking about, like self-aware that it's bad but has to be trying to be good once you put too much definition bullshit and like rules on this camp stuff Mm -hmm. i think then you get weird yeah Yeah. i just feel like let it fucking fly you know what i mean that's drag that's drag and that's what like any real like drag artist or real artist would say is it's just like let's put the books away please and like um Speaking directly to you, Joe. The eye contact has been made. Oh my God. Sorry, bitch. I love it. I also stand by that. And I also think that drag race, drag or drag race, and I think drag race specifically because that is a kind of camp that is so. RuPaul knows how bad the puns are. Like he oh, yeah. knows. Oh and yeah, it's that's a camp that's so deeply aware of itself, but also it's very self-aware. Put the fucking books away. I put think that books is away. absolutely. Mm-hmm. It. What's your instinct? Yeah, it's exactly. about I mean, instinct. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a thing about art making that that's very important art in art making, but I also think that criticism. Mm-hmm is where the books come in and contextualize the right. art. So those are sort of two separate things. Yeah. I, I just, as like my fucking academic self cannot co-sign. No, I cannot co-sign to put the books away, but I can co-sign to put the, put the books away. Fuck books. In, books are garbage. In, Let me tell you. <laughs> Never read one. <laughs> and I do agree with you in the making yeah. of art. Sometimes one can like overwhelm oneself with ideas. And then mm. what, one ends up making is just bad on all fronts. Yeah, right. exactly. Well, in the examination of it later, you can say, like, this is where these things came from, Correct. and this is why we categorize it this way. Yes, yes, but in yes. the creation of art, I think if you put too many, if you put too many things in your way, yeah. it's... It, yeah. On that Fran. note, I think that, so b- building on the idea of, like, criticizing camp in general, I think not necessarily criticizing whether camp is camp or not, or, like, what kind of camp it is, aside from that conversation, when people start policing camp or saying no this is just bad or <laughs> or like when straight people don't understand queer cultural forms and cultural mm-hmm. objects yes. is that homophobic <gasps> is is it if someone says drag race 
isn't for me, which I said, have said in closeted moments. Is that like oh. you trying to back away from a thing that you don't want to be associated with because it's gay? I think it depends on why you're saying Drag Race isn't for you. If Drag yeah. Race isn't for you because it's a produced reality show, which it is, and it is not a depiction of reality, mm-hmm. because nothing like that can ever be. Ever If be. that's the reason why you say it's not for me, for you, that's fine. That's fine. You don't what, like reality shows, and I appreciate that. But what, don't right. shy away from your gayness. Yeah. What, exactly. what if yeah. we say musicals? I so here's the thing is that musicals I are just not for me. This is funny because I actually <laughs> don't really like musicals. Why? Matt Rogers is throwing wine. No, no, no. I, I have to I back you up, Fran, on that because I'm not a huge musical. Okay, so here's why. So I don't. I maybe I'm homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I think. I mean. So first of all, I actually do like a lot of movie musicals. I don't know what it is about it happening on stage that my brain cannot click off. Mm-hmm. And, and I cannot, uh. when someone is trying to build a plot in song, my brain is like, why is it happening in song? I don't understand. And that is something that I kind of wish that I could give it into, but maybe I'm homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> I basically- The jig is up! <laughs> Fran's actually a raging homophobe. Yeah. Fran, I, I actually co-sign that in a really big way because okay. what I've always said about why it's not and I, I like I go see some musicals, I enjoy some musicals, I enjoy the music from musicals. I love the music from musicals, but when I'm actually watching a musical come together, I often feel like I can't suspend my disbelief. And I'm like, these characters wouldn't just break into song like mm, this in the middle of walking down the hallway in their school or and, whatever. And yet I once went on a first date with an oh. actor who broke out into song in the middle of our date at our table and mortified me. Was it Matt Rogers? It was Matt Rogers. <laughs> what were you about to say, Matt? <laughs> um, I would say that an inability to suspend your disbelief is anti-queer. <gasps> I do. Oh, ag- I actually my. do agree I with think that. that. I, I mean, think that's just on the face of it. That sounds fair. That's I do, probably I do because that. I really hate. That sounds fair. The queers. I, just, I hate <laughs> them <laughs> fundamentally. Fran, Fran hates the queers. Not really my thing. No, I no. But I understand that. Yeah. I just I I just think it's it's a marriage to a certain. Um, idea that performance has to be a certain way. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think one of the funniest fucking things that can happen is for something to all of a sudden just become another genre. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that's fucking funny. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. And I love that. And I just love that. I'd love to be surprised. I think mm. it's because I did spend so much time studying form. Yeah. You that, did. like, you, ra- you want to race to, like, um, sort of break the form yeah. or, or create mm-hmm. a new one. Mm-hmm. And so when I see it done in an interesting way, yeah, I love it. When I think about musicals as a genre, there are musicals that are so bad that they're good mm-hmm. and that's camp. Then there are musicals <laughs> yeah. that are in the middle which are just boring. Mm-hmm. And then there's like musicals that are fucking awesome which transcend the genre and do such good work at world building that you don't actually even have to suspend disbelief because they've built a world wherein everything fucking makes sense. Interesting. Right? Think- so it's like it's like every genre has a has a scale and it's like you can be successful in the genre, you can be okay in the genre. Okay in the genre is never camp. Mm. It's never camp. Nor I would I would say it's successful in the genre. It's never camp. Mm. What's camp is fucking so bad that it's good. There's a version, not every form of camp, but the camp that is aware of itself. There's a version of camp that just kind of like zooms very sky high and just like sees yeah. everything. It like presses the pause button on reality and it's like, let me break it down for you. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, like yeah. there's something that I love about 
the the RuPaul esque. I hate to attribute this ver- this version of camp to RuPaul, but the RuPaul esque. Yes, like, yes, yes. I totally uh-huh. understand what reality is, and that is not what I'm giving to you. And I know I'm not giving you <laughs> right. That. Absolutely. You know? And I think that's. I really like that idea when you think about like genre breaking and how it can be camp just in the breaking of genre. Like I really like that. I feel that. I feel there's that. an embracing like of bad, and there's also an embracing of wrong. Mm-hmm. And when you're working yes, within an established form Mm -hmm. and you deliberately embrace something incorrect about it that to me is like falls under that definition i'm feeling a little full but i could fit one more thing inside of me dennis knows (laughs) what i'm talking about yes it's dessert uh dessert is when we recommend one thing at the end of every episode and today we are recommending to you because tis the season tis Destiny's Child, Eight Days of Christmas album (laughs) is truly, it was ahead of its time. Let me tell you, this album, timeless, Timeless. truly on the first day of Christmas, my baby gave to me a diamond belly ring. Like you can't, the lyricism. I so deeply wanted a diamond belly ring. It really was like ahead of its time, I feel. And Solange was on this album. Oh. Like there were so many. Yeah. I really feel like this album is unappreciated. So when we think of like our favorite Christmas albums of all time, this was one that always came back to my household. Like Mm -hmm. me, my mom, even though like I wasn't allowed to be gay yet, my mom would play this album all the time around the house. And it was like my first, what I'm saying is this is my first access to queer culture. You know, like (laughs) Destiny's Child. A Destiny diamond belly child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just have such a visceral memory around right. it. Do you? I do just you I hate Christmas music, and this is a way in which I'm not camp. I hate Christmas music, that's but stupid. I but I love Christmas music that isn't Christmas music. Mm. Like that's good. Like I love the Mariah Carey's. I love the Destiny's Child. Well, Mariah Carey <laughs> is the only person aside from Wham to make canon Christmas music. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I my white self would add. Sufjan Stevens. <laughs> yeah, and we would say, get your get white self fuck. out of here. Yes. No. Bye. No. My white self. You are self. voted off the gay Somehow, island. you just became You're whiter replaced. than both Dennis and Matt. No! <laughs> I regret because Matt know, Rogers is replacing Joe. <laughs> and as we know, Dennis is the whitest person on the podcast. It's and now true. you... It's have true. somehow one up. You that. have rega- you have regained your right place in the pecking order, Dennis. It's so true. Um. Okay. So here's the thing about the Destiny's Child Christmas album. It is amazing. The lyrics are incredible. The beats are sick. This is the thing. <laughs> it's my second favorite Christmas album. Ooh. Because I think that Christina Aguilera's Christmas album is extremely oh, underappreciated. Controversial. It is very good. I'm with you. It is you. very oh good. Um, mm-hmm. That said, I do think that um, the lyrics to Destiny's one is way better. Like, it's way better. I don't know. It's everything that Beyonce does just slays me. This album was played on Sunday mornings in my room oh, wow. just for me because <laughs> my family wouldn't let me play it. Like for everyone, homophobes. Um. Well, yes, but it was it was a little bit of holiday refuge because I too I actually too do hate Christmas music, and so anytime what? someone like like really? Destiny's Child, yeah, I do. It's crazy. Except for the Little Drummer Boy, which kind of as a little kid was my favorite favorite song because I wanted that big stick. I think. Oh my uh, god! But anyway, truly no. Every if you memory. if you are unfamiliar, and I think it I think it's plausible that some young. I'm sorry to say this and be ageist, but I think some young gays might be unfamiliar with this album. Mm. You need to go find it. 
Like you need to go find so, it. You so need far, to the, the, Albert, taste. the album recommend recommendations are Christina Aguilera, yeah, Destiny's wow. Child, and Way I'm going to throw out there Kelly Clarkson's Wrapped in Red. No, no that is very yes. good. But ta- very take good. off Super John Stevens. Take off. Take no, that this one isn't off. happening. No. Um, I, I, I <laughs> am so glad that all of you have turned my dessert into something that isn't what the dessert about is about, <laughs> which is Destiny's Child Christmas album. It's amazing. <laughs> Platinum this Bells. Is, this is Eight the, Days of Christmas. This is the thing. Platinum Bells. Platinum Bells is so good. This was the thing for me. Sorry to go back to it, but this was the thing for me growing up <laughs> fine, about fine. Destiny's Child I and quit. their Christmas album. I I'm quit. sorry. I have to say it. Like, because I grew up in such a strict religious home and Destiny's Child, they were supposedly such strict religious girls. I felt like there was a way in to sort of be faith- consistent with my faith that was mandated for me, but and, that I had, and still be a little bit of a hoe because I did want that diamond the belly, belly ring. ring. Yeah. 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 It was like, it was like, oh, if they can do it, if there's room for them in that narrative, they can like, like publicly talk about being Christians and all that stuff in the, in a way that my family sort of appreciates and w- would want me to emulate. Then I can still be the child I'm mm. supposed to be mm. in my in my context and not compromise your and Christianity not com- oh and not God. and not compromise my future thoughtery. I know, I mean, Dust- what's more Christian than Dusty? What is more Christian than Beyonce? No, compromise my Christianity. I will never forget that line. Yeah. Anyways, it was thank really you good for joining uh, me in my appreciation so of Destiny's good. Child Christmas. Uh, Alex, you can insert Destiny's Child Christmas here. This episode of Food for Thought was made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rose and also the burp that Joe just let out. <laughs> it Stop was it. really cute. I did it so far away from the <laughs> mic, everybody. And also our new home at Forever Dog. I hate it. I hate <laughs> it. I'm obsessed. I'm not. It's the our, only time Fran's voice goes to the octave. Dog. <laughs> our producer is the lesbian godfather, Alexander De Palma. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make it's it It's true. I'm going to make it a It's just terrible <laughs> Italian accent. Our social media manager is a certified Taurus. Christina Tucker. I know. Can you believe? Uh, Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, or the next episode will literally just be Matt Rogers singing for a full uninterrupted 50 minutes. I have nothing. (laughs) I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on any social media you want. I'm Joseph Osmond, and you can find me at www.joseph. I burped again. Oh, my God. JosephOsmondson.com. I'm Dennis Norris II, and you can find me on Twitter at the Earl Denden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. And I'm Matt Rogers, and you can find me at Matt Rogers, though, T-H-O. <laughs> Love it. And oh you God. can listen to Las Culturistas, too, you fucking I don't, bitch. I don't know her. <laughs> I don't know that. We're going to bleep that out right now. <laughs> find us on Instagram at Gay Sluts Who Read, and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions at the top of our page to continue the discussion of this week's episode. Sign up for our new newsletter to see a list of everything we are reading and some extra delectable content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com and finally email us with your questions thoughts concerns and dick pics dick pics and send or, them and to matt them rogers. i really want them to ask pics please so, so send them to matt rogers then cc thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com you don't need to as always that's food the number four and thoughts spelled how t-h-o-t forever dog, dog. <laughs> I 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.